This is a production of KMmedia.pro. Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So come on over into our world. I know you'll like it, because on today's show, we're going to feature somebody who is a writer. She's an entrepreneur, an academic researcher. She's been, she's been more time in school than I think I've been alive. But she's a, a remarkable young lady, and we're going to be talking to her in just a moment. But first, I've got to talk to Eric, who has gracefully made summer happen again. Thank you so much. Happy Friday, Kevin. Yes, it's a beautiful day here, and tomorrow looks beautiful as well. Sunshine and temperatures near 79 degrees, which is hard to believe for, uh, you know, a week into October. But, hey, I'll take it. Exactly. We're one of the lucky ones that, uh, that if you believe in such things, that global warming has actually helped us a little bit. Uh, well, I guess it depends on the day, <laughs> you know, sometimes exactly. it definitely doesn't feel that way. Exactly. Well, you know, Eric, it's great to be here. And I just want to make sure everybody knows that positive talk radio can be heard and seen on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on KKNW. And then also Friday at three o'clock on Kixie. Um, we just in, love our time here, and and uh, we get to be right after. Um, um, oh, I had his name, and John, John Tesh, John Tesh, who's Monday on from Friday, Friday right here on KIXI, absolutely. Yeah, and so so we're real happy, and I hope that you'll stay with this all the way through. If you and because uh, we've got a great author for, for you, and uh, uh, we're going to be talking to her in just a second. So, Eric, Wonderful. I want to thank you so much for letting us be here, and uh, and I'm sure <laughs> at one point or another, um, you're liable if I say something silly like I did last time, um, talking about uh, sweet potato fries, and <laughs> I had no idea. But I've gone on research, and they're everywhere now. They are very popular. <laughs> yes, indeed. So any, in any event, uh, thank you so much for being here, and I hope you, you're going to enjoy the show. And stay tuned for, at 345, we've got a special interview with a gal who is uh, working with a, a nonprofit, and uh, they've got an event coming up that we're going to talk about. And it's for um, Treehouse, which is works with foster kids and helps them lead a, a little bit better life and and i think it's a really well worth um nonprofit and it's worth your time so i hope that you'll stay with that we've got a young lady by the name of christy who's going to come on and talk about it so uh, we'll be doing that but first i want to talk to Rhonda parker taylor how are you miss taylor hi miss parker how are you <laughs> hi from the other end of the world of indiana how are you doing doing great thank you and indiana what's the what's the weather like there well, believe it or not, it just changed. It's usually, it's fall weather right now, but it's been in the 80s. That's where they think the global warming that you were talking about is is impacting us. It, we have an extended summer. Um, it's just now turning. So the fall leaves probably will be a little late this year. And I, I think the pumpkins are too. Oh, you know, I hadn't thought of that. That, uh, you know, with when the, it's warm like that, it doesn't, the pumpkins don't grow as fast. I right. 
right. I just saw something the other day about how they had there was going to be a shortage of pumpkins this year. So go out there and get them if you need them this year. Yeah, better hurry if you're going to get a pumpkin to carve because it's it's you've only got like 20 some odd days. So right. But, but get it together. And uh, I'm interested to talk to you on a whole bunch of different levels. The first thing is I could read your bio and your personal and professional and, and educational successes, but that would take the whole show. So I don't want to take a lot of time doing that. So I would love for you to kind of give us a thumbnail sketch of, of Rhonda Parker Taylor. Oh, wow. A thumbnail. That's, that's interesting. So I'll give you the, I'll call it the elevator thumbnail. That's what that works. Okay. So um, I was born and raised in Indiana, um, went to college. Like, you know, a lot of people do. I was the first um, female in my family to go to college. I got my bachelor's, uh, master's and doctorate. But at the same time, what I, I did it in business. So, you know, I was like, okay, I, numbers aren't really my thing, but I really like working with people. So what I found is training and development, the soft skills were more my bag of tea. And it really helped me, I think, also when I was writing to um, develop characters that way because I, I was more in tune to the average um, individual's lifestyle because I worked in human resources, I worked in education, and um, the journey for my, um, my fiction novel, because I write academically, um, was kind of a journey for me. It was something that I wanted to show I could do it. You know, it's, it's one of those, I can start it, I can finish it, and by golly, I'm going to get it out there. And I think everybody's always had something out there in their life that it's, and it could be just that they want to accomplish um, a certain fitness goal or whatever, but it was one of those things that I just had to get out there and do. And the name of the book is called Crossroads. And if you go to RhondaParkerTaylor.com, you can find out all the information about her. And in fact, one of the things that's very impressive is that uh, Marielle Hemingway, who is the granddaughter of, I believe, Ernest Hemingway. The, that's correct. The, the, the world-renowned author. Um gave a little video tribute to you that must have made you feel good oh my goodness it was it was the most awesome thing i could ever say could happen because you don't you don't think of something like that happening to just an everyday person um how it came about is you know my publisher said you know i think she would be interested because of the content of of, of your book and so they said write a letter and we'll deliver it to her and she was so gracious. She did, it's almost, I think it's about two minutes, mm -hmm. a two minute video. She wrote the foreword for it. And I think part of the reason why she liked the book is because it, not only is it a suspense novel, but also it carries on some of the day-to-day -day tasks and challenges that we all you know, go through like life balance, um, mental health challenges. And um, she's all about that. And I, I love how she ended her video. She said, um, for all the suspense people out there, even chocolate has an expiration date. And I just love that because it's, it's so true. You know, sometimes we don't cut things off when we're supposed to. So I got to ask you, because you were, you got a, um, 
a bachelor's degree and then you decided i need more so you got a master's degree and then you decided i need more so you got a doctorate um so you were really invested in what you were doing what decided you to become a writer after all that well and i i still do the mentoring and the education i do that still every day so when i first went i think i went to college because that's what kind of is expected you know sure. people go to college and um i got the first started with an associates in um fashion merchandising and marketing and then i went then the natural step then would be to get a bsm bachelor's and then the master's and the doctor and the reason i think i did it was kind of twofold one i wanted to teach one day i thought and two and for you to do that at the college level because i'm not not as fluent with the small children um i would need at least a master's to do it at the at at that level of um education and then two i think i wanted to do it for me because for all those people out there in the world that have had struggles academically um whether it be challenges that were going on in their in their lives or whether it be a learning disability i am just a plain scatterbrain sometimes and i was just not that good in academics it took a mentor it took a teacher that kind of put me under their wing in my end of my high school years and said, you can do this. Actually, there was a couple of them that did. You, you're smarter than, than, you, than you think you are. And I even had a teacher in my um, college years that said, you know, you're smarter than you sound. So all of those people out there that have struggled, you know, I, I came from the Midwest. And so I had a different kind of language. And once I found the, the right note to hit, you know, it was all there. It was all about my success, achieving personal goals, and showing for me that I could do it. So it was, yes, it's been beneficial for me to teach others, and I can do that mentoring process, but it was more about, hey, you know, I want to show that I can do this, you know, and here I am 20 years later. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Rhonda, that's one of the reasons why I was taken with you and really wanted to have you on the show is because you said something that um, is true of every human being. Well, with few exceptions, if, if you if you are like royalty in England or or your family is is royalty or something like that and you're well known. But all the rest of us start out with nothing and we don't know anything and then we become more and we become more and then at one point in time some of us actually become famous and well known um i think you're on your way to doing that and uh that that is just a process that you go through isn't it i think yeah it's a process and it's being dedicated so so for a lot of years my dedication was to developing others and so this newfound success Surprise! It has been a little surprising to me. Um, I knew I had um, abilities in it. I'd already shown myself that, but I didn't think that you know I was going to be one of those people that people could relate to. And and I I found that what success is for me is providing that life balance not only in my life but also feeling fulfilled and accomplished and helping others feel the same way. And I think that that's helped me a long way because, you know, as I've gone to different book signings and events, I've every single one of them, I've been blessed 
with either someone that I used to know that, you know, wanted to show support for me, or maybe a new person, a new person that wanted to be an author or, or even just uh, that loves reading, that just was able to tell me something about my writing that related to them. And it just, it makes your heart sore when you know that you can actually accomplish that. And I, I really, I don't take it for granted because, you know, that's not always the case. For years I've written academically and you never get that little pat on the back. So, you know, um, it, it feels good to see that, hey, you know, people are really enjoying this. So come well, on for the ride. <laughs> exactly. And in a little bit, we're going to talk about you giving um, our audience some tips on perhaps how to get started doing and writing um and in your case it's a uh it's a thriller and yeah. and you know to to start writing um and fulfilling your dreams a little bit but i want to ask you because you have mentioned a couple of times now that um you really care for people and you really want to do right by them and you want to help them become the best that they can be what got, what motivated you to do that? When did you discover that you loved people and wanted to help them? You know, I think it was already innate in me because um, I was one of those social people younger, more than academically strong. So I was always worried, was everybody included? So let's say I had my uh, birthday party and my parents said, okay, you can only invite, you know, X number of people. If there was someone new to my class or school, I would invite, make sure that they were one of the ones invited. So I think it was already there. But then when I started maturing and I was a, an adult, I started working in communities and re I realized just how blessed I was to be um, raised in a small community where everybody knew each other and supported each other because a lot of people don't have that. And that's when I realized, okay, wait a minute these students or this person or this, you know, church member or whatever, whatever it was, what group I saw, then I can help them. I can help them find that job. I can help them find their purpose. And I got just as much of a thrill about it than, um, than they did when they, when they were successful and turning that, that light on to them became um meaningful and then those relationships would actually start building so i would say it was already there when i was younger but it wasn't mature so now that i'm matured i think that i get a a kick or a smile or you know a good vibe when i see other people be successful isn't it true for you that you would you you re you relish somebody else's success before you even relish your own success. Oh yes, that's been my story. I I always wanted other people to be successful. Probably that was my detriment to to myself when I was even younger because like some people were saying, "Well, if you're if you're this strong academically now, why weren't you when you're younger?" I didn't want to keep with my older brother. He was the smart one. So mm -hmm. uh, and so then my sister, she was, you know, she was the driver, the salesperson. And my other one, my other sister was going to be the mother with, you know, with, with kids and my little brother with, you know, so there, it, I could go on that with that with everybody. So I, 
I would purposely push others first, you know, and be their advocate. And it, you know what, it worked for me. It made me happy to see good things happen. And sometimes it makes you sad too, if they don't take your, your help or, and sometimes they'll try everything and maybe, you know, our communities aren't supporting them like they need to be. And that, you know, that was some of the motivation for Crossroads when I wrote it. And as you've matured like a fine wine. <laughs> Let's say a good wine. Yeah, that's a good one. Fine wine is a good one. Or, or a great glass of bourbon or whatever it is that is <laughs> your, your choice. Haven't you discovered that uh, it's important to help people, but at the same time that it can lead to you taking a back seat and and being kind of a people pleaser and and your needs are not met and so you have to be strong in that respect too don't you yes you have to set healthy boundaries um healthy boundaries are are not innate to me i've talked about all these things that are you know are innate i like i play a game of uncle sometimes with 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 the boundaries that i put because i want everybody to be successful so i'll push it all the way and keep pushing it and or maybe a pit bull on someone's butt i'll say you know and trying to push them through or trying to do too much sometimes and then it it, it it's not healthy for me and it's not healthy for them so i have to constantly monitor myself to make sure I'm setting healthy boundaries that help not only them, but me too. You know, I, you know, I want to thrive just like everybody else. And I had to acknowledge it and I had to acknowledge, you know what, it's okay too. And that's, that is an important distinction that people need to make. If you're a people pleaser, if you put everybody first, you need to have healthy boundaries and you need to not let yourself get taken advantage of, even when you know you're getting taken advantage of. Oh, um, definitely. And you know what? You can make a positive impact on, on the world by doing that. You can make probably more than allowing yourself to be put in a situation where you didn't put those healthy boundaries. It's, you know, it's a, wonderful scenario when you can build those connections and continuously learn and grow yourself as they're growing and learning themselves. Exactly. By the way, we're talking with Rhonda Parker Taylor. She's written the book and it is called Crossroads and it is getting some fabulous reviews. And uh, we're going to talk more about the book. And also if you are thinking to yourself, I would love to write, but I can't. I don't know how. Ron is going to give us a couple of tips to, so that you can maybe uh, get started and figure out what you're going to do. We need to take a break, and uh, you're listening to Ponds of Talk Radio right here on KIXI. Do you need to boost your sales? Join our partnership program. Each quarter, we promote 10 partner businesses. What will you get? The company will produce one 30-second video for your business. Your website links on positivetalkradio.net and kmmedia.pro. One dedicated podcast or radio show per month. One video Instagram reel. One YouTube short. One 60-second clip for social media taken from your interview. And at least one commercial airplay per show. All podcast and video commercials are within the fabric of the show and will remain in the show forever. Visit kmmedia.pro to book a consultation today.
When you want to say more than words communicate, you can with flowers. Your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is anaturaldesign.com, connecting you to nature through the language of flowers. Where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. Your success is our goal. For being our appreciated listener, you can use promo code PTR20 at checkout to receive 20% off your order. Anaturaldesign.com at your fingertips today. We believe in the power of telling your stories. We want to help yours be seen and heard. At the Pacific Northwest Collaborative Magazine, our purpose is to connect you to your community. Let's begin by celebrating the accomplishments of local artists featured in this brand new digital magazine. Here, you can learn about opportunities to creatively come together and support our local community and neighbors through the gift of art and service. If your business or organization would like to take part in this magazine, message us on Instagram at pnw.collab. You can download our free digital magazine at KM Media Pro today. Thank you to our dedicated fans. We are updating our live on-air schedule to make it super easy for you to hang out with us five days a week, Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We broadcast on YouTube, Facebook, and live on Fridays with Kixie 880 AM Seattle Live. You can find our library to binge all the podcast platforms. We can't wait to see you at 3 p.m. Monday through Friday, starting September 4th, Labor Day 2023. And welcome back to Positive Talk Radio, right here on KIXI. We've got a great guest today, and her name is Rhonda Parker-Taylor. She's written the book, um, Crossroads, but more importantly, well, I can't say more importantly than that, but she's also a teacher, and she's got a master's degree, and she likes to help people, and especially help people live and become the best that they can be. First of all, Rhonda, i got to ask you, having... Um, I'm pretty sure I have more than a fifth grade education, but I don't have a, a doctor. How long does it take to get a doctor's degree? It depends on how how long, how many classes you want to take. So it takes four years for a bachelor's, usually two years for a master's, and then it takes and typically two to three more years to get your doctorate. So we're now up to eight years, and mm-hmm. you, you started when you were ten, obviously, and. So- <laughs> It worked out worked out really well for you and and I love the fact that you did your education primarily so that you could be a teacher and you could help people and you could help them learn about business and about leadership and all the things that you teach um are you going to teach people how to be a writer that would be a good thing you know I have been thinking about what I, what could I teach people about the writing process that you know there's YouTube videos out there. There's all these things. And, you know, I think that there is a, a, a place out there because so many people and there's so many different ways of writing. So many people would like to do it and maybe would even like to be able to work out of their home. You know, so this being a writer is one of those careers um, and in education where you could literally, you know, rethink your your um, your life and revamp where you are if you're trying to change careers and you could actually you know you could make a good living that way so yes i've thought about it i mentor people now people send me messages hey how do you know what do you think of this and i've joined many groups and in um on the various platforms social media platforms 
and I participate in those. But yes, I have been thinking about, okay, what could I contribute to the writing community and those and reading community? So if somebody wants to be a writer and they've had this rattling around in their head and well, let me give you an example. There's a young lady and a young man that are going to come on the show. They're in their mid teens, 15, 16 years old. She Mm -hmm. can write a thousand words an hour. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. And so some people would say, well, I can't do that. So I can't be a writer hogwash. You can do it any number of ways. Explain a little bit about what your process is and how you can help other people do their process. And it may not even be what you do, but it could be something that you can help them identify what that is. Sure. So the first thing is you have to have a, I have to have a space where I can sit down and do it. So I always designated a space. Now I do have a, a laptop where I can take it somewhere and do that. But one page a day and your book's done in a year. One page a day. So, and most books aren't 365 days. So that's even taking a few days off, you know, maybe getting a writer's block one day, but you know, one page a day. And the other thing that I would say is have a process that works for you. So I like people. So I've spent a lot of time with my characters. I do what they call a medical soap note, which is subjective and objective assessment. I go from head to toe and I say, okay, what is their family medical history? Did they have emphysema in the back in their family? Did they have cancer? Did they have, you know, are they still alive? Are they, you know, are, you know, do they, do they have um, habits that are going to um, metastasize in their own bodies? You know, maybe diabetes or high blood pressure. Cause then you know, what's how they're going to react. So when you get to a scene of telling the story, and they're in that, you know, that moment, okay, someone that has high blood pressure is going to um, do something totally different than someone that has anxiety, you know, because their body reacts differently. Your body stores those, um, those feelings and emotions. You know, some people are going to run, they're going to have flight because maybe they've had a trauma before, you know, so... Um, knowing that about my character makes every chapter go faster then. So I get to know my characters and then I, I just write it and I tell the story. I don't worry about grammar. I don't worry about typos. I don't worry about anything until I get that story out because that story is the most important part for me. Now, somebody else that, you know, it might be a totally different animal for them and a different process. But for me, that was what works for me because I'd be, if I stopped every time I did a typo or grammatically didn't do something right, then I would never get the book out. I wouldn't get the story out. So it's kind of like what you're doing, your method is that you create a three-dimensional character. Mm-hmm. with a backstory and with his heritage and where they're from. And then you take all of these characters that you've created the story, put them into a situation, and then they're just acting naturally based upon the character that you created That's and what correct. they would do. Yes. And so like, let's say it like in Crossroads, I, I had already developed them and I knew what I wanted. I wanted it to be a courtroom drama. And um, at, at least at first, and I, I threw these characters in a scenario then that 
they were unfamiliar with. They were there were a few that obviously the lawyers, you know, knew that air that um, that environment. But you know, one's a workaholic that works in business, and obviously that was very easy for me to to write about because you know that's you know a little bit of my background, even though it's not me. And then another, you know, she's in the room with a in the jury room with a. Um, a mother that's talking about this is great to be, you know, in, at, at a jury trial because it gets her out of the house away from the kids. And she and and the main character wants to get out of jury duty. So, you know, you get I throw them in a scenario that they have to deal with each other. And as they deal with each other and get to know each other, what's going to happen in those processes? That really is. Kind of, and it's kind of fun for you because mm -hmm. you don't know what's going to happen until mm -hmm. it happens. No, because I thought the whole book was going to be about the jury trial and the characters took over and they took me for the ride instead of me taking them for a ride. <laughs> now, I got to ask you because um, I've talked to a lot of authors and, and many of them will tell me, as a matter of fact, one of them, um, she woke up at four o'clock in the morning one day and she heard a voice in her head that said, start writing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know where I'm going with this, don't you? Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, so she got up and she looked around her house because she thought for some, for sure somebody was talking in her ear. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was nobody there. So she called her therapist at 4 o'clock in the morning, mind you. And her therapist, must have been a good one, actually texts back. And because uh, she said, I think I need help because I think I'm schizophrenic and because somebody told me to write. And the therapist said, well, did you start writing? There and, you go. And so, I, go ahead. Yes, I would say I don't know if I've heard a voice, but I get the inspiration. Like I can watch a television show. Um, I'm working on another novel right now, and um, maybe something jogs a thought. Oh, wait a minute. She's okay. We'll put. I'll give you a perfect, a great example. You just talked about putting others first. Well, what about someone that's getting, there's in the middle of a crime and they're worried about somebody else, you know, someone else's feelings if something happens to a gift that they gave them and they worry about hiding it first before they worry about their own safety. Ooh. So it, that would be a perfect scenario of one of those cases where that innate person's personality would um, come out. You know, because when you know what a person's like, they they kind of tell you who they are like. So I'll get a, a thought and then I'm like, okay, I'll type, I'll text it to myself. Maybe I won't run to my computer. And then the next morning I'll compile anything that came to my mind during the day that, hey, that's a good hitch. Oh, hey, this might happen or this happens. And that way, I, it's, I've already had, I had some writing time too during that time. I had some thought. It puts my thoughts in order that way. So, so it is an intuitive thing. Yes. Um, for, for writers to be able to come up with that. And musicians do the same thing. Paul McCartney, mm -hmm. my favorite story is he didn't have any idea where uh, yesterday came from. Oh. It just appeared. Yep. And um, and so he's, he's at 80 years old, 81 now, uh, he'll tell you, I have no earthly idea where that came from. I thought somebody else had written it, but it was him. Right. Because it was I his can see that. I definitely could because when, you know, when the kid, when I, when I'm writing, I 
I have an idea of what the storyline is. You know, I've thought it out. I've done, you know, I've done my research, but then all of a sudden I get into the moment with them and sometimes it goes a totally different direction than where I thought it was going to go. And it's like, oh, wow, that's better. And I think that intuitiveness is better for the the reader too, because it, it means it fits. And by the way, everybody is intuitive. So anybody can do that. Yeah, it's just anybody. a matter of using that gift and understanding what that is. And it also helps sort things out in whatever the, you know, whatever you're thinking about too. Exactly. Now, um, you also spent some time, and I was just reading this in your bio, about emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. And you've done quite a little work about emotional intelligence. I've heard people talk about that, but I'm not 100% sure I get it yet. So could you help me get it? Sure. So emotional intelligence, just like we have an IQ, um, we have what they call an EQ quotient, which is a number and it's made up of 21 characteristics where, where IQ is math, reading, you know, reasoning, um, those characteristics. On the EQ, it's empathy, problem solving, relationship building, and, you know, it's identified. There's 21 different characteristics in it. And it's um, open, openness to new experiences. And it it's a number just like the the IQ, only you can't change your IQ, but you can change your EQ. And what EQ does, individuals that have a higher EQ are more successful than one that has a low EQ and a high IQ. Because it helps you adapt to your world and understand it. So if someone, for instance, comes and there's an issue or a problem or there's a attention in the air between co-workers a person with a high eq has the ability to stop listen sort the situation consider not just their own feelings but the everybody that's involved in it and help make the right decisions and that's based on those 21 characteristics so you mentioned my research in it um myself and a colleague of mine in our doctoral program decided that we wanted to do a, a study and present it at Case Western. And um, so we did that and it ended up being selected for the UN Global Compact Committee. So we actually got to present our findings on emotional intelligence and the multinational leaders. So what we did is we tested domestic leaders and we tested multinational leaders, people that are like CEOs or vice presidents in more than one country with the organization. And what we found is the emotional intelligence of the person that was able to do the multinational leader was higher in every one of the 21 characteristics than the domestic leaders, except for one, which was a big thing for them to find and that was self-impression of self. <laughs> so the domestic leader thought more of themselves and more highly of themselves when tested than someone that was going from country to country to country. And it's, you know, it's really kind of the small fish in the big, you know, in the big pond and big fish in the small ponds. So the domestic leader thought more of themselves, which was a hindrance to their development and their organization because, 
you know, that meant they lacked like empathy and some of the things that would require them to um, be able to build their um, coalition better and then bond. So like, uh, as an example, if you are an accountant and you're in a cubicle all day looking at numbers, then IQ can be a measure of success. Yes. Whereas if you are a manager of a large corporation and you've got lots and lots of reports, EQ would be much more advantageous to you and your company's growth than IQ. Is that correct? Yes, because you can, you'll seek out other people's opinions. You'll navigate the decision-making with, with a coalition rather than trying to do everything on yourself. You understand when there's tension in the air to address it, not stuff it. You, you meet your employees where they're at. I mean, how many times, and I don't know, um, in your, in, in your world, how many times there might have been someone that was struggling and everybody just didn't pay attention. So then when it, maybe they got a reward at work and they're a great employee and they're like, here, here's a hundred dollar gift card to Ruth Chris, which is a big steakhouse around here. And then it never got used or picked up. Well, yeah. we, you didn't meet that person where they were at. Maybe they, their car wasn't running. Maybe they couldn't afford the tip. Um, maybe they were embarrassed to go, you know, you, you know, or maybe they didn't even have anybody to go with them. Yeah. So. By the way, by the way, a <laughs> uh, hundred dollar uh, gift certificate to Ruth Quist, Christ will buy you an appetizer. That's um, right. <laughs> a beer and an appetizer. And that's all you get. So you're um, not meeting them where they're at. So it's not motivate. It doesn't provide any motivation. What about the fact that they need a new carburetor on their car? You see, you hear that every day. You know, why are, why are, as leaders, are we not taking into consideration the small guy? You know, and that's important. If we, if we're helping those that are helping us, then, um, then you're going to be more successful. I just, just, um, uh, as a quick aside, I was a general manager of restaurants and mm -hmm. for, for a number of years. And, um, I was in a meeting with all the staff. And uh, I looked at them and I said, I would like you guys to tell me who the most important person in the restaurant is. And after they got done saying, oh, the customer. Well, okay. As an employee, who's the most important people? And they said, well, okay, you are, because they wanted to, you know, blow smoke and whatever. And, uh, and so I said, no, the most important people in this building are the dishwasher, who gets mm -hmm. paid the least. And the hostess, who gets paid the least. Right. And they said, but why? If you don't have clean dishes, nobody's going to come to your restaurant and you're going to get known for having dirty dishes. If you walk in and the people that greet you are not very friendly, they're going to say, why are we here? Mm -hmm. We're here to have a good time. So it isn't the most necessarily the most paid or the most exalted. It's the least among us who can have the most impact. Do you agree with that? I agree 100%. You know, if if the least amongst us, you can learn the most from them. I'll tell you what, the single mothers out there that um, are struggling daily, they deserve a, um, a diploma in accounting. 
how in the world in this day and age with you know the inflation and everything you know being so much you know higher than they used to how are they making it you know and it's because they have tools that they have learned themselves to you know to do to make it work you know they've learned how to, to cook at home they're not you go into the Ruth Chris and the least amongst this those yep. that that you know um bend the steel you know I, something that you didn't mention when we introduced is my very first job was bagging feet for furniture and bending steel and working in a paint line in a manufacturing environment because <laughs> And that's because that's what my father did. So yeah. well, he, he, first, he, he ran the company. Yeah. So he started it in a barn. And at first it was so we could make money and teach us the work ethic. Now, in the teenage years, I always knew when I was really in trouble because my job was the paint line. Put a teenage girl that, that's spraying down hot steel by the oven in about five different colors that's and it's going all over them and it's sticking to them too that is the best punishment to, to set your your teenage girl straight <laughs> i imagine so by the way we're talking with rhonda parker taylor she's an author she is an entrepreneur she's an academic researcher and she's written the book crossroads we need to take a break real quick and then i'm going to flip it for you because you're going to become my co-host because we have somebody special that we're going to talk to okay. hopefully we're going to make connections when we come back from this break. Okay. Thank you to our dedicated fans. We are updating our live on-air schedule to make it super easy for you to hang out with us five days a week, Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We broadcast on YouTube, Facebook, and live on Fridays with Kixie 880 AM Seattle Live. You can find our library to binge all the podcast platforms. We can't wait to see you at 3 p.m. Monday through Friday starting September 4th, Labor Day 2023. Hello, everybody. If I could have your attention, please, I have an important announcement to make just for you. As you may know, PTR is heard and seen on radio, KKNW, and now Kixie, several websites, podcasts, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and most social media. At PTR, we believe in working together to make the world a better place, and because you're listening, we know that you're dedicated to the same. So we'd like to support your efforts by offering an outstanding multimedia package for you at a deeply discounted rate. As our partner, you'll receive commercial creation, both video and audio, at least 10 commercial plays per week, a monthly show to highlight your business and passion, exclusive website positioning with links, video shorts for social media, commercial plays on all shows, podcasts, KKNW, and Kixie. Your commercial is embedded into each episode and as a podcast is sent to over 50 different platforms. All shows are performed live and sent to Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and stay there forever. Your podcast episodes are provided to you to use as you see fit. This one-time offer is only $250 a week, based on a 13-week commitment, and as our partner, we are vested in your success, and we'll do everything in our power to make it happen. However, there are limited spots available, so don't hesitate. Please email me at kevin at kmmedia.pro. And let's get the ball rolling. When you want to say more than words communicate, 
you can with flowers. Your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is anaturaldesign.com, connecting you to nature through the language of flowers. Where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. Your success is our goal. anaturaldesign.com at your fingertips today. Hey there, I would personally like to thank you for making Positive Talk Radio part of your day. Whether you like podcasts or the radio show, we're glad to have you along. I'd love to hear from you with thoughts about the show and ways that we can make it even better. You are the reason we do these shows, because the more people we can touch, the better we can make the planet and our time here just magnificent. Please contact me, Kevin, at kmmedia.pro with any thoughts, comments, or suggestions. And thank you for being in my dream. And welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. My name is Kevin McDonald, and you're listening to Kixie, 880 AM, we are glad you're here. We've been talking with Rhonda Parker Taylor. She's an author. She is a, um, she's written the book. And the name of your book again is Crossroads. Crossroads. It's a thriller. It's uh, Mariel Hemingway, who you probably know her from, from acting. She is, and her, her, her grandfather was Ernest Hemingway, uh, wrote the foreword and has a wonderful, uh, um, two and a half or so minute uh, uh, video about it. So uh, I want to thank you for that. And and we have a guest on the line. And Eric, she she circumvented. Uh, she didn't call you. She called me instead. So we're going to check and make sure that this that this is going to work out. Okay. Um, so uh, Krista, say hello to everybody. Hey everybody. My name is Krista, like Kevin said, and I'm excited to call in and share some positivity. I got to meet somebody this morning at a networking event who told me about the show. And so um, I love the theme, Positive Talk Radio, and I just want to share some great stuff. Well, hold on, um, Krista, Krista, local... hold on a second. I want to make sure okay. that we've got you. We've got you. Uh, uh, Eric, is the sound okay? Yep, we hear her just fine. Okay, very nice, very nice. Okay, Krista, go ahead, continue. I'm sorry, I just want to make sure that you could be heard. Hey, no problem. I totally get it. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm calling in today to share some really wonderful things. So I've been a local event planner in the Edmonds area and recently opened up a bridal and tuxedo shop. And what's really special and positive about this is on October 14th at the Life Community Center in Linwood, we are celebrating our 10-year anniversary being in business. And to top that off, the cherry on the cake is we are giving money back to an organization called Treehouse. Treehouse supports local foster kids in school supplies and coats and all kinds of things to help boost their confidence, help them get through high school. And um, why this is so near and dear to my heart is because I grew up in the foster care system from uh, about early middle school through high school. And so I just am super excited to use this experience to give back to an organization that really helped me thrive during 
a time that just wasn't great for me. So if anybody is available on October 14th from 5 to 9 p.m., stop by the Life Community Center. It's a free event. There'll be food and magic and live music and all kinds of wonderful things to give back to our amazing community. Well, Krista, first of all, I want to thank you for meeting my people. <laughs> my people met your people today, and which is yeah. which is really cool. Um, but uh, and con- congratulations! I know uh, the foster care system for as long as you were in it is is really tough. Um, and uh, Rhonda Parker Taylor is with us. She is an author. And Rhonda, do you think um, one of your next stories could be about the foster care system? Well, I've got somebody right here who knows a great deal about it. But actually, you know, I um, that is a, a a cause that's near and dear to my heart. I am um, have through informal channels been a foster parent twice. Um, one would be um, a woman that. Um, literally brought me her son that was in my youth group because he couldn't go back to the school. It was too dangerous. And we raised him for many years together until he was an adult. And then another time was uh, a brother and sister that, you know, their, their mother was going. So, so yes, I could definitely see writing in a way that would um, champion and the challenges that people go through. Um, that it, it is so hard as a, as a as a foster care not only parent but child. Mm-hmm. And Krista, you sound awesome. you sound so upbeat and effervescent. I'm mm-hmm. glad that that you have come through that experience. I've heard some pretty horrific stories about what happens to kids in in foster care. As an example, that less than 50% of them. And I think that's a high number, less than 50% actually graduate from high school. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of kids that end up in, in the, um, in the, in the justice system. Yep. Yep. Because they, they don't feel like they've got the love and they've got the support. And I've been reading about Treehouse, and they do some extraordinary work. Right. Yeah, they've made it very easy for me to put on this event. Uh, I specialize in private parties, not so much fundraisers. And when I reached out to them, they were so excited to give me all the resources and tools to make this a phenomenal event. And it's an honor. And not a lot of foster kids would say it's an honor. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, 50% are incarcerated before they even age out of the foster care system, much less by the time they're adults. So um, I feel very fortunate and very blessed to be able to rise above the challenges, rise above the insecurities, um, build this business and use it because I want people to know, you know, how much need there is in this area and in the country, really. (laughs) And and Krista, I I wanted to Somebody told me something, and I wanted to just verify it with somebody who actually went through it, and that is this. Um, I was told that there would be times when this particular individual would go to bed at a foster care home that she had been in. She was in school, and she, and she was part of the community in that household. And somebody would come in the middle of the night, say, grab your clothes, put it into a 
duffel bag and take her to a new place that maybe outside the school district, maybe someplace else. Does that actually happen? Yeah, it's, it's more often than not. Um, you know, me personally, I really lucked out. I had one foster parent, her and I are still in contact and very close to this day. And I'm 41 years old now, but, uh, you know, a lot of kids will go through dozens and dozens and dozens of homes um, and get passed around like, you know, just like a, a weekly newspaper. And, um, you know, that wasn't my experience, thanks to my foster mom. But, you know, even when you're leaving your home of origin, you don't know where you're going. So when I had to pack my stuff up in a cardboard box, I didn't know who I was going to go live with. I had no idea who my foster sisters were going to be. I had no idea what my bedroom was going to look like. I had no idea if they had, you know, a clean house. So a lot of kids, um, they don't get that security that they need, a quiet, safe, consistent home. Well, I'm for one, I'm glad that you're doing this and I hope that we can Thank get you. to get the community to support it. I think it's a really, yeah. really important thing. Uh, and before well, thank you. you're welcome. And I want to have you back on the show and we can do a complete full interview with you. Um, but before, we, good. cause it's kind of like you're an angel among us and mm-hmm. um, I, I really appreciate you, but so stay there. Do you not, don't go anywhere. But before we go, I want to make sure we get Rhonda's information out. Rhonda Parker Taylor is the author. Go to her website which is Rhonda Parker Taylor.com and pick up her book it's uh, it, I haven't read it yet I want to it's it's a it's a it's a suspense thriller and it's getting some awesome reviews from a lot of different people and it's on it's on Amazon's list someplace where is it on Amazon's list and so it's on Amazon it's on BAM and on Barnes and Noble so um it is a bestseller um, on both jury, women's fiction, and um, suspense, uh, it's you can buy it or you can buy it in the Barnes and Noble stores. And do this: go to a small bookstore in your neighborhood mm-hmm. that may be having trouble. Have them order it, and uh, they Definitely. you can pay them for it. The big stores will take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Krista, I want to thank you for being here. And let's go through your information now. Somebody can get to the event, which is October fourteenth, um, from in the evening sometime. Five to nine p.m. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they can go to www dot kita that's k-i-t-a event nw.com go to our event page and all you have to do is fill out a few boxes with your name and rsvp for how many people you would like to bring and the event of course is free the event is free the food the entertainment the the production it's it's dressed to impress we definitely want to see you looking sharp get ready to dance and have a good time we'll feed you we'll uh, lubricate you we'll entertain you and uh, we'd love you to open up your wallets and and give to an amazing cause so it is a uh, you can get in for free but you better not leave for free <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just not in, for free. in a word we want you to want to give <laughs> exactly and thank you so much yeah. krista thank you so much Rhonda. I, I gotta go so i want everybody to be remembered be kind Thanks. to one another because each other's all we've got. And we'll see yeah. you Monday at three.